Can you guys believe that I have not had a guest on the podcast all year and it's April, um, which is fine. I'm okay with that. I feel like I needed to kind of just do my own thing for a minute. Um, and I also wanted to be better about vetting out guests and just making sure that the guests that I did bring on were giving a lot of value. Um, and yeah, I just, I just felt like I needed to kind of take a step back from doing a lot of interviews. It is doing interviews on podcasts, it uh, coordinating them, getting the show notes, like all of that together. It is a lot. It takes a lot of, um, a lot of space, a lot of time. So, and especially the way that I was doing it, I would always do a little bit of a pre-interview before, especially if I didn't know the person. So it's kind of like taking out probably a good two to three hours just for pot, like for guests, (laughs) like to record the episode and do the pre-interview and show notes and all of that, which I really enjoyed. Again, like I enjoyed doing it. I just think that everyone needs a break every once in a while. And I think especially right now where the world is at, um, it's we it is April when this comes out April 8th um 2020 and it it, the whole U.S. is pretty much on a quarantine we're locked down or shelter in place so all non-essential businesses are closed it's it's a really wild time like I feel like I'm living inside a history book (laughs) or like a really bad like what is that word? Apocalyptic movie. Um, and to be completely honest, like the last like two wish three weeks have been tough. Like I've definitely experienced a lot of anxiety. I think everyone probably has a lot of fear because there is so much unknown, not only about the virus, but just also where things are going. And I kind of feel like I'm turning a corner this week and I'm really hoping to I'm scheduling some podcast interviews and talking to some people who I can bring on the show to hopefully ease some anxiety and fear and that panic um, because I really want to make sure that I am supporting you guys in that way and I think for me I wanted to make sure that I came from a place where like I was grounded and I was good because I really don't think that you can show up and and lead and support people when you don't have that um, feeling of groundness or feeling great. So <laughs> I needed to like get myself in a good headspace um, before I really started talking. So yeah, anyway, um, today's episode is fun. It's a fun episode. We talk all about the Netflix show that came out called Tiger King. If you guys have not watched the show, you have to watch it. Like, there's a lot of spoilers in here, so if you haven't watched it yet and you don't want spoilers, I would recommend finishing the show and then coming back to listen to this episode. Or if you're like, I'm never going to watch Tiger King or you try to watch it, maybe listen to this episode and like you'll get a little bit more insight into it. It's what was interesting to me and I know a lot of it like people are kind of making memes and making it funny and it is definitely a really entertaining show. It keeps you on your seats but I bring my really good friend Riley on the podcast and we kind of talk about it in a way 
that I think is a little bit different um, because we kind of talk a little bit about the psychology, like why people were acting the way that they were acting and kind of looking at each, I don't want to, it's not a character because it's not scripted, but like cast member, we look at each cast member um, from Tiger King and just kind of we have conversations about it and I just I really we both really love the show towards the end we start talking about TikTok which is like a whole nother thing and I've done like a deep dive on TikTok like since then since we've had since we recorded this episode and now I'm like truly I have a very solidified opinion about it now um but yeah we just had a really good time recording this and I think that you guys will enjoy it too especially if you have watched Tiger King I feel like the world is only talking about two things right now and it's this virus or Tiger King (laughs) which is you know it shows how black and white our thinking is as as a society we're either like horrible pandemic news or like funny entertaining uh reality tv shows so i hope that you guys enjoyed this episode i have like i said i have a couple of really cool um other podcast episodes that i'm super excited to record and with some of my like favorite friends i just feel really grateful that i have people in my circle that i can like message and be like you want to get on a podcast (laughs) um and Riley is definitely one of those people she actually convinced me to watch love is blind and I messaged her like after the first episode of love is blind and I was like I don't know if I can do this this is hard I don't like it um but she was like watch like one more episode and so I did and then that's when it finally got a little bit more interesting so when she told me to watch Tiger King, I was like, all right, I trust your judgment. <laughs> so that's what we talked about on this episode. So I hope that you guys enjoy it. I will see you soon. Be kind, be well, be grateful. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Hi, Riley. How are you? I'm so good, Brie. How are you? I'm good. So I forgot to say this, like, because we were chatting before, but I have not had a guest on the podcast at all this year. Like, I think my last guest was in, like, November, so you're the first. Yes! (laughs) Welcome to 2020, everyone. Yeah. Well, I'm really sorry. 2020 (laughs) is on pause right now. We're just taking a little little break from the... Yeah. But... Yes. I'm so excited because Riley and I, during this quarantine, have been talking about... Well, first of all, she's the one who made me watch Love is Blind. Like, I was in thought... (laughs) I've never, I said this on the last episode, I've never watched an episode of The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, like any kind of like love romance show. I just, I can't do it. And you were like, just try, hold on for the first two episodes. And I'm so glad that I did. Yes. Oh my God. I'm so glad that you did too, because I had somebody to talk about the show with and I'm very similar to you. Like, I think we talked about this too. I've not watched The Bachelor until this year like I've never been into that space but I found the psychology of it really interesting and so the fact that you were like okay I'll get through the first episode and watch it was 
was so lovely because then we got to talk about it and and I mean we trashed it a lot but it was it was a really beautiful exploration (laughs) it was and it's so like the reason why like I don't like like reality tv shows or like those types of shows either is because it's like you're only seeing one side of a person and then you're like judging what the producers are you know, I mean, for lack of a better term, like they're literally manipulating the footage. So you're like yep. seeing just like one part of it. And so I always feel so guilty when I sit there and I'm like, oh my God, so-and-so is such a bitch. It's like, <laughs> you probably didn't, you missed like 10 hours of footage, right. you know? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I don't think we can say the same for Tiger King though. Okay, There's yeah. a lot. We're here, we're here to talk about <laughs> Tiger King. Um, I mean, we don't know. This can definitely morph into a lot of different types of conversations, but yes, um, yes, Tiger King. If you guys haven't watched it, watch it. We might there there will be some spoilers in here, so if you haven't watched it, mm-hmm. maybe come back when you have watched it. Yeah, yeah I was, come back to this I in was, three days. <laughs> yeah, three days. It took me like three or four days to get through it. I was yeah. like surprised how quickly it went by. I don't know. Like I was like, Oh, I'm just going to watch one episode a day. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> it like turn into three. Um, oh, I, yeah. it went by so freaking fast. Yeah. Well, that was one thing that I loved about it was that it was so fast paced that like it took you on a ride, whether you were heading there or not, like whether you were on board or not, you were going on a ride with this crazy cast of people. Um, well, there's and like that, that seventeen part of the draw. Yeah, there's like seventeen <laughs> shows in this one show. Really, like this could have been like six seasons of something, and they put it all into one. I don't know how they did that. Yeah, because I remember the actual director was saying that this has been going on for five years. Like he's been yeah, like recording this for five years, and I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> that's little commitment. Little did he know what he was getting into. Oh my god. I mean there has to be a part two, right? Like I really hope so. Like we need to know what's happening with I mm-hmm. mean there's literally literally everything in this show. So like maybe give people like what's the like synopsis? Like if you could sum it up in like a sentence. Oh goodness. Well I think the subtitle of the show is Murder, Mayhem and Mystery, right? Or something like that. And I think those words are perfect for this show because it's so, like, there are so many layers of where the story goes, how the story unfolds, like, who's involved. It's, it's beautiful. You just don't see anything coming. So basically, also, it's, much. it's just, like, it's about these big cat breeders one is in mm-hmm. Oklahoma and one is in Florida and there's like a couple yes. of other ones that play like smaller roles in the sh- in the show yes. none of I mean I don't think it's a scripted show I'm pretty sure it's like no <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I'm like if you scripted the show you no. have to be doing like hard drugs like there's no <laughs> way but yeah. basically you think I thought it was going to be all about like animal cruelty and breeding and which I was really surprised that that didn't I mean it kind of came up a little bit but I was Mm -hmm. like there needs to be a whole episode on this yeah yeah they didn't talk about any of the animal cruelty as much as I 
thought that they would even like in the last episode there was like this title card at the end that was like here's here's the statistics and I was like hmm I wonder when they're gonna dive into like the actual more of the ethics yeah I I I there's gotta be a season two well I think now that that was that doctor and what was his name doctor (laughs) Ansel or what did he call himself Bhagavan Bhagavan Doc Ansel (laughs) which like for those in the spiritual space like they know like if you've read like the Bhagavad Gita (sighs) yeah Mm -hmm. that's like it's like basically a word for God or like Mm -hmm. Lord or like um Mm -hmm. it's just yeah oh So when he called himself that, I was like, mm, excuse me. No. But, no but yeah, they, he basically, they said that his, the, all they said alluded to is that he, his camp got raided or his, his camp, his yes. property got raided. Yes. Yes. That has to be an Easter egg. If it's not an Easter egg, I will be so, so sad because I need to hear like, I feel like we've just gotten into the story. Like we got the backstory and now we're like in present day. What's going on now? How are things unfolding now? Like I need to know what the truth is. Cause a lot of season one, I'm I'm just assuming there's a season two. A lot of season one was about like a lot of conspiracies and ideas that all of these characters had about each other. I need to know what's true and what's not. And I need a season two. <laughs> well, and that was the thing that was so confusing throughout the whole show is like you were hearing all of the different perspectives and the different sides. Like you were hearing Joe's and then you were hearing Carol. Joe is like the main guy. And then yes. Carol is like this, I would say like the second biggest person on the show and yeah it was like the narrative went in like seven different directions like every episode it was like something like I mean so much would happen in one episode like Mm -hmm. I'm like what the heck yeah Uh, I loved I loved how they did that though because at one point you thought that one person was the protagonist and the other person was the antagonist and five minutes later your perspective totally flipped And I really liked that throughout the whole entire series, I wasn't quite sure who the good guys were because it kept me engaged. I was like, I gotta figure this out. I don't think there are any. I think, um, I think it's just a really big mess and nobody won. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest (laughs) losers in this situation were definitely the animals. Yes. Um, I think they, took the biggest hit out of everyone on that show like yes Mm -hmm. people lost money people lost limbs (laughs) which is not funny but it's like no (laughs) but also so many people in one vicinity missing so many limbs oh my gosh and teeth (laughs) (laughs) because it's that one guy i mean he lost him because that's like what happens when you do the meths, okay? Is yes. You lose your teeth, so don't do don't do meth, kids. I'm listening. No, it's not um, worth it. Even if you get big cats because of it, just don't don't I, go there. 
I, I'm like, I'm so confused because also like Joe and Carol, what they were doing to each other, they were <laughs> doing the exact same thing to yes. each other. Yes. But they the, really were. The thing is, is Carol was like trying to, Carol was better at justifying it. And she had more money. Which is why yeah. she kept winning. It was like, and that's like, I mean, that's a whole other can of worms of like looking at just like the judicial system and like suing people in general. And I mean, mm-hmm. she went after everyone, which I don't know. I, I think too, people have to realize like she probably has representation that is telling her you can sue this person you can do all of these things i mean the same thing happens with like family law and divorce court is like Mm -hmm. there's always people who kind of and they're usually the lawyers that like perpetuate the situation even bigger so when people are like oh carol said she wants to sue this person or take over this it's like more Mm -hmm. than likely that's her attorneys telling her to do that More so than, like, her own drafted ideas of, like, oh, I'm going to take this and do this. Totally. I totally agree with you. And I think – I think she's really smart, too, though. I don't think she's being manipulated by lawyers in any way or attorneys of any kind. I do think that um, both Carol and Joe were kind of being pushed in certain directions. But I think Carol was much smarter and – how she took that guidance. Yeah, yeah. So the big question is, do you think Carol killed her husband? For fucking sure. (laughs) Yes, I do. I... I, Okay, go go explain why you think that. Okay, I am really big on body language, and I feel like, I'm not going to say that I do, but I feel like I can read people incredibly well, and the way that she spoke in certain contexts and the way that she held herself and the way that she laughed when she should not have been laughing. Mm-hmm. I just felt like mm, she probably did that. She probably did. But I also like your idea that maybe Dawn is just hanging out in Costa Rica, sipping on pina coladas and <laughs> laughing as all of this unfolds. <laughs> I forgot I said that. I you did and it was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that well I forgot that I said that but I also forgot that she kind of laughed like she made she laughed at weird the weirdest moments. Yeah. And I was like mm. yep. <laughs> so I think this is my thing. I think Carol one or two things. I don't think she physically did anything to hurt her husband. I think she okay. maybe did the murder for hire situation. So she knows what Mm -hmm. happened to him, Mm -hmm. but she didn't do anything. And so that's why I think she might like, when you look at her, it's like very vindicated. She's like, I didn't like hurt him. I didn't do anything to him because technically she didn't. Or two, like I was telling Riley, I think either she, she knows where he is. Like he just like took off to Costa Rica was like out. <laughs> I'm gonna take a tiger and a plane we're gonna huck it down to Costa Rica I'm gonna drink some pina coladas and he's like 
you know, sitting on his razor flip phone right now in a chair with the pina colada, like looking at all of these memes on, yeah. on Instagram. Oh my God. <laughs> like, watching this whole thing go down and having like the last laugh like he was like fuck the money i'm good like you know yeah like so i think she either she either did something like she hired someone or she uh-huh. knows that that's where he is yeah yeah i don't i really like as much as i love the idea that he's hanging out in costa rica and laughing at everything i really don't think he's alive something happened and you know what's crazy is they reopened the case they're investigating i know i saw that i saw that and i'm like yeah i mean i think the whole thing is a little shady how they just like just a little. find any evidence yeah yeah and the whole compelling the, argument for that the they were just like eh. yeah the will situation was weird too like mm-hmm. how they couldn't like there was two wills and then yeah like the money i felt so bad for the daughters right like my heart broke for them just hearing yeah. the whole experience with with all of that <laughs> yeah yeah same same completely they definitely deserved uh something better And I think, again, going back to what you were saying about Carol being smart, how she was like, Mm -hmm. oh, he wanted them out of the trust, but I left it in there, like trying to be like a good person. I was like, that's Mm -hmm. calculated. Like when she said I was like, she knew that if she took them completely out, that they would probably come for her and like Mm -hmm. it would be, you know, like motive. So for them to even just, I think they said they got like 10% of his estate. Which, yeah. I mean, if we're talking, I mean, no one knew how much he was worth, but they got at least a couple million dollars. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like they could say, like, oh, we didn't get anything. It was right. they got something, which is, I mean, a, million, a couple million dollars is not, is a lot. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So do I want to know what made Joe Exotic the way Joe Exotic is. I don't have an answer for you, but I also want to know that. Like, oh my God, yeah. Happened to him. Like, that's the part that I felt like was missing is because they kind of said, you know, these people that come and work at these, are they called camps or they called rescue center or whatever? What's, what's, what are they called? (laughs) Um, I feel like it's not a rescue, but it's also not a zoo. Yeah. Works, whoever like works at the property with Joe, like, they're all kind of misfits who just like I think definitely were very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like they were there for the drugs too. <laughs> there was like, like he was finding people who just didn't have any direction, didn't really have a lot, and mm-hmm. was offering them like these promises of of that. So it kind of made it makes sense why some of them were there. Yeah. But like, I'll, like I want to know about Joe Exotic's childhood. Like, oh, I'm sure you do. Need him. <laughs> who he is. like? How do you yeah. get that? How do you get to be that crazy? I know, I know. You know what's really unfortunate too is I think I really do feel in the same way that I read Carol 
and her something's not right, something happened. I really do feel that Joe Exotic was well-intended. He, he was really like trying to do right by his own heart and it just got way out of fucking hand. And I feel bad for that because I do think that like he did care for the animals at one point and he did want to leave this legacy for his brother. And he did want to, you know, bring joy into people's lives with these animals and advocate for them. And you know, something what? happened where that just, I feel like, you know, I mean, this is a much smaller scale, obviously, but like, I mean, I don't know about you, but in high school, I used to lie to my parents a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like when I would like wanted to go out and like go and you know party or whatever I would like mm-hmm. I would lie obviously and it always became this thing where it just I had to like the lie had to keep getting bigger right <laughs> so yeah like, where are you going and I'd be like a party and they would be like who's gonna be there and I'd be like oh yeah so-and-so's mom she's a nurse and the dad's and like and the lie you just yeah the lie going and until it became just a big ball of lies. And I feel like yeah, that's what yeah. happened to Joe. Like, I feel like, again, his intention was good. Yeah. But then it just steamrolled into this. Yeah. And there was no checks and balances of like, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe if we want to take it in this direction, like, there's an interesting observation of ego too, right? Yeah. Because on both of them, Carol and Joe. Ooh, yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. Doc Antle, I mean Bhagavan. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure, all of them. And I think for Joe, it's it's more of like he started out with this thing, and then at some point he felt like he had to protect it, which just made everything bigger and worse and messier instead of like being honest and as of integrity as he could have been. I mean, I'm not, I, I was not in that situation. So I'm not going to say like anything he could have done better, but I think that's a big part of it. Like the ego just takes over and it's like, no, this thing is mine. I have to protect it. I can't let anybody, you know, try and attack it or whatever. And then it becomes a big, big mess. And I think you see that with, him trying to run for public office yeah like that's why you're like when he started saying he was gonna run for president and he was like and then he started what was it um mayor or governor i think it was governor what like yeah he obviously had no interest in politics before this so it wasn't like he was really trying to save his community again Uh it was definitely like a play on the ego Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, I think he just really wanted to be seen and I don't know where that came from. You know, I don't know his background, but I'm sure that that was a huge thing. He was just like, I want to be seen and celebrated and this is my vehicle for doing it. And unfortunately it blew up in his face. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think the being seen thing, I mean, with his whole YouTube channel Mm -hmm. and all that. I mean, they even made notes about that. Like, I forgot if it yeah. was a producer or like someone else that said, like, he when the cameras were rolling, like he was on. Like there yeah. was a huge shift, and he would get meaner and like 
more rowdy and putting on a show. And I right. think that is also what happened when they were like trying to frame him for the murder. And like when they were like kind of I yeah. think Jeff Lowe and whoever else was kind of negging him on of like, do you want us to hire someone? And he was probably, again, I think that was like him just tapping into that space of like, okay, yeah, like, yeah, let's talk mm-hmm. about it. And just feeding into that more so than like his original idea. And But that's where he fucked up. And that's why he is where yeah. he is now. Yeah. Yep. I could not agree more. Oh my God. I, yeah. And then Travis. Is oh. Tra- oh, Trevor. Trevor, right? Travis. 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 Oh, I called him Trevor. Yeah. Oops. Sweet, um, sweet Travis. I... I caught on from like the first episode or second episode where they showed him mm-hmm. and I was like, something's not off. And they said he was just doing weed, but I'm like, that's a freaking lie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Weed doesn't make you like, you could just tell it cognitively. Like, yes, it was, he was slower. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, in that video that they showed, he seemed completely normal and then they'd show new footage of him, and I'm like, mm, something happened. Yeah, yeah. They saying, showed some footage in the beginning where he was, like, super, like, bright, early 20s kid. And you were like, okay, cool. I can see him. And then as it went on, it was like, oh, what happened? What's happening? Like, where – he's going somewhere that's not here. yeah. Yeah. And I think, and so, I mean, I kind of like had to, I think I blacked out (laughs) when they, when they like ran that whole scene. So he basically accidentally killed himself, right? Yes. Oh, yes. So I did not black out in that scene. I'm a little bit scarred for life. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it was, he was saying this isn't gonna a fire without the clip in it, I think it was. And so then he fired it and it fired. And that was the end of Travis's story. Well, I mean, my heart just breaks. And then they showed the mom. Yeah. Just like, oh my God. And what hurt killed me was the fact that Joe got married two months later. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, says so much. So much. It says so much about Joe's uh, awareness of himself and the way that he walked through his life or couldn't walk through his life, maybe, by himself. Um, Yeah, it said a lot about a good amount of people in the story and also, like, just how Joe was not okay. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously again, like you were saying that awareness of himself and like his inability to process. Yeah. I think what had just happened um, was really sad. And then I think obviously it shows some like codependency issues where like Mm -hmm. he doesn't know how to not be in a relationship. Like he doesn't know how to be by himself. Yeah. So he needed that sense of security, which yeah. is heartbreaking. But I'm also wondering throughout the whole, I mean, even aside from the Travis situation, like 
and I get, I mean, maybe there's a, you know, I'm sure there's a reason why narcissists or like psychopaths probably don't have people like this in their life, but why was no one telling him no? Like, just no, like, no, you can't get married after two months. Like, no, you can't say those things about Carol. (laughs) Like, no, you can't, like no one in his life was telling him no. Right. And they, I think they touched on that for a second in one of the later episodes, but I, I saw that too. And I was really sad that nobody, um, either felt comfortable or close enough or like, I don't know, had the authority or whatever to like pull Joe aside and be like, bro, are you okay? You know? And thinking back to in the later episodes of the show, and I mean, obviously this is also real life. So like later in the timeline, he was getting a lot more amped up. Like there was a lot more um, times where you would see him just like being angry and shooting off his gun at any given point in any given direction. And so, I mean, I could totally understand if somebody in his circle was afraid to be like, hey, buddy, let's uh, take a breath. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just don't, I I think, I think that's a really common thing with people who have a position of power is Mm -hmm. everyone there was scared of him. Yeah. Like no one was felt like you were saying, like felt comfortable enough to be like, (laughs) dude, let's take a breather here and let's, yeah figure out where you're you're mentally like what your headspace is mm-hmm. yeah and that's why I think like people like that Jeff Flo guy oh, I man. really I, yeah we haven't even like touched on him but I really do <laughs> think he was a huge part of Joe's demise because I think he, yeah like Carol is really smart and I think he's yep. he just manipulated the heck out of him I agree I fully, fully agree. And I think that may have been part of like the turning point where Joe, you know, became misguided from his original intentions. Like we're in the business world. We talk about our why all the time. And Joe had a really clear why. And I think, you know, he was probably looking so badly for something to save this sinking ship that, uh, Jeff was able to manipulate him in the ways that he did. And I for sure believe that Jeff knew what he was doing. I do too. And I think, I think Joe is right about Jeff not having money. Mm -hmm. Totally. Like in the end when they were, were him and that other guy, one of the other zoo owners was like supposed to be, they're supposed to be opening a new zoo. And I mean, the whole thing, like, right from the get-go was like, oh, it's going to be up in six months. I'm like, no, it's fucking not. <laughs> yes. Like, that's a, that's like a huge, I mean, where you, first of all, where are you going to get the animals? Second, like, to build that infrastructure? I mean, no. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Anyone who has, like, any basic idea of of building, I mean, you don't need to know, even know. But, like, just, you're like, no. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, no, that was not right. And you could tell too from, I can't remember who went into the new zoo with Jeff. I can't remember his name, 
but you could tell when they talked about like their partnership um very very quickly like jeff was not a partner he was just trying to like make the zoo still happen and be the face of it in joe's place which i think is just horrible but and i just i the whole thing with signing the deeds over uh-huh i was like how again like where are his lawyers exactly who is allowing this to happen like yeah i mean in a way like your lawyers you are employing your lawyers so like you can basically tell like they can say like we don't advise this or whatever Mm -hmm. and like you can fire like you if you don't a lawyer isn't doing something you want like you can just fire i mean i shouldn't say just but you can fire them (laughs) and move on find a lawyer who's a little bit sketchy a little shady and they'll get get it done but at the same time it's like where are those people who are telling joe no or did he just yeah have a team of attorneys who were just looking for a payday you know i don't even know if he did have a team of attorneys like near the end of of the story in season 1 i don't think that he had people around him who had the awareness and like the understanding of how things work legally to be advised in any way i think he was just trying to save this thing that he attached his identity to <sighs> It's just so, it's so heartbreaking. And I think, like, again, like, I want to know more about what, like, what made Joe the way that he is. I mean, they talked about his parents and, like, a little little bit, but they didn't talk about, like, his childhood. I mean, obviously, like, there's some major mommy or daddy issues. (laughs) Like, something happened to him that, like, yeah. Some things happened to him to make him the way that he is. And I think that like for sure needs to be a premise of of if they do another season. But I do think yeah. Jeff Lowe is going down. I think he's involved in some shady business deals. <sighs> for sure. And Lauren, the his girlfriend wife, she yes. can't be she okay, Jeff Lowe is like what, in his fifties? Yeah, I would say like late forties, early fifties, probably. Lauren is like that's a guess, but (laughs) Lauren has to be like our age, like mid to late (laughs) twenties. Yeah, I I think you're right about that. I I was like, (laughs) yeah, Uh, and and so at the end of the season, they were showing that she's like pregnant, and yes, and he like holds up a picture of like this beautiful I don't know like girl she says that's gonna be our new nanny he's like yeah I if she's gonna be working under my roof like I want it to be I want her to be nice to look at and I was like you're such a scumbag yeah yeah so nasty so nasty and also um Doc Antle's whole uh situation with, with his sister wives. <laughs> his sister wives. And like not even low key, like high key was grooming these women. Like that's not okay. That's when they're okay. like 17 years old, 18 yeah. years old. Like, like you guys, that's 100% things to look out for in human trafficking. Like that's just, I don't know how 
how that even happened. You know, and that's the thing is I always want, it always makes sense when you're looking at it from the outside where you're looking at that situation and you're like, clearly this poor woman's being manipulated and like all Mm -hmm. this shit's going down and you're just, you see it and you're like, how does she not see it? And I always like to say, I'm like, I'll never join a cult. I'll never be like in a weird sister wife situation. And I really don't believe that that's like anywhere on my life path. But no, I you're also, way smart. You're way too smart for that. <laughs> but I also feel really bad for these women because they're just so they're, getting, they're getting manipulated and they don't they don't know it. Like we always think, oh, that will never happen to me, and then it happens yeah. to you. You wake up and you're like with Doc Antle and his freaking tigers and oh like working seven days a week, and it's just yeah. Yeah. Well, I think too, like this example is a little bit softer. Like it it doesn't have quite the weight of human trafficking because it's pretty clear that the women are choosing to be there, whether it's for the tigers or, you know, for like the outfits that they get to wear or whatever happens when the sun goes down with Doc Antle, like they're choosing to stay in that space in in a lot of ways because one of the women left and she shared her story right um, but yeah so i i that one's really tough for me because part of me is just like oh my god people don't understand that this is just so not okay but at the same time these women they're choosing to be there to hang out with the tigers and to wear sexy leotards and well, and that was like one of the things that the girl said that left is she was like, you think you're making the choice to stay there, yeah. but also, but she's like, is it really your choice if you don't have any other options? And that's yeah. like where the, where that's, valid. They, that's the, that's where like it gets really sketchy is because yep. he like basically gives them no choice. Like they have to stay there because they've given up so mm-hmm. much of their life to be there like they don't have anywhere else to go and I think that's like why you know those like sister wives or whatever like they stay in that situation like this is all that I've got you know and that's the crazy part to me yeah and I can't imagine like I mean lions are my favorite animal like I think that they're so beautiful and I draw so much metaphorical inspiration from them, but also, you know, I wonder if like connecting with an animal like that is something that, you know, kind of blinds you to Oh, that's a good point. what your life is really, you know, becoming. And I think, I think a lot of people in this whole story had similar experiences you know, I could kind of sense that like, um, one of the, one of the tiger keepers was talking about like how he was with those animals until their last breath. And I think, you know, connecting with an animal like that is probably something that can consume you. I totally agree. I think, and they kind of brought that up. They were saying like, if you, um, like just being surrounded by those types of animals and like just how big they are and how powerful Mm -hmm. they are. It kind of becomes like this, 
euphoric thing. Yeah. Which I think is absolutely, I mean, I don't know. I've never been around a bunch of, a bunch of big and exotic animals like that. Me either. No, me either. But yeah, I, I can imagine that that would kind of, you would think, or it would become like a belief that you hold that is like, I'm here for these animals because I love these animals and they love me or, you know, whatever. And that could totally blind you to the uh, despair of kind of a situation, which was just like every, every single person who was running a zoo or an animal rescue or refuge was like trying to keep together these really big messes. And, like, that's what I want to know, like, again, Carol's whole ca- whole big cat camp or whatever, like, well. they said they had all of those tigers, and, and they were like, but we only saw 12. Yeah. So. Well, and, and she, she talked, too. Her whole perspective was so fascinating to me because she just, like, exuded hypocrisy but didn't see it. Um, because she talked about like these animals don't belong in cages. They belong in, you know, however much space. I feel like it was like 40 miles or something crazy. And at the same time, she's saying that there's a tiger behind her in a cage that's smaller than, you know, the size of your kitchen or whatever. Like, I don't know how her mind works, but that was fascinating. Yeah, I feel like I also have to like go back and watch some of the footage of Carol, like now seeing how everything tied together. It like makes you want to go back and be like, wait, like, yeah. let's yeah. relook at this. Yes. So that's why I think that's why I remember so many details of this because I watched it myself and then I told my dad to watch it. And my mom, who is this like super loving hippie, like would not like the animals being engaged any of that doesn't really like uh negative vibes or like messy people things like that right she got hooked on the show and so I watched it by myself and then I rewatched it with my parents and watched them react to it and honestly watching somebody else react to the show is almost better than the actual thing (laughs) the others you go ahead yeah it's just it was really wild to see like in the second time that I watched it that was when it locked in for me I was like Carol definitely did some shit like the other thing that like I don't know why this is not more of a meme or like conversation was (laughs) the the pizza place (laughs) oh my god I was like was this inspected? Like, where's the health inspectors? Do they have a food permit? They clearly did not have any kind of permits for that food place. Like, yes. Uh, I was like, why? Because, like, they were like, oh, we only needed $14,000. I'm like, a pizza oven, like a legit, like, kitchen grade pizza oven, probably oh costs like 10 G's. So, yeah. Like, yeah. $14,000. Oh. Like, where that is. They must have gotten some, like, are you using, like, little Susie's, um, what are those, easy-bake ovens to make the pizzas? Oh, my God. And they're, like, they're, like, did the meat come from the Walmart truck? And oh. they're, like, yeah, it did. 
Yes. Oh my God. There's no, that's what I'm saying. There's no way. There's no. no way. No. Oh my God. That's so. Yeah. I forgot about that detail. That's a, that's. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you're eating the same foods that the tigers are eating. Oh my God. But it really has, I think this show, I think part of the reason why the show garnished the attention that it did is one, it's just a really nice break. Like when you see how- Oh yeah, it was an escape for sure. That this life that these people were living. I mean, everyone on that show, I'm just like, you all need therapy. Oh my goodness. Yes. Therapy. Um, yes. You just realize you're like, okay, if I have to stay in my house and like watch Netflix and eat snacks, mm-hmm. like my life, <laughs> at least I'm not oh my God. Know, rolling around with <laughs> Joe Exotic. Uh, yeah. And, and I mean, it's being memed everywhere, but it really is. Like, it was the thing that united us all when we didn't know. <laughs> what to do with ourselves people are really divided about carol killing your husband it's like it's a pretty heated debate yeah it's pretty wild i mean to just show the extent if for those of you who you know aren't so sure about this whole tiger king situation yet or carol herself um the (laughs) the drive-through window at a local starbucks here where I live, had a tip jar that had two different sides and said, do you think (laughs) Carol killed her husband? Yes or no. And you know what, you guys? Both sides of that tip jar were even in tips. (laughs) You have to post that on your Instagram. I do. I need to post it on my story. Oh, my God. No post. You should, like, post it on your actual feed because you could probably get, like, (laughs) a lot of people just – hashtag tiger king hashtag yes that's how i get the followers during quarantine (laughs) yeah that's how you go viral (laughs) oh my god bye tiktok hello goodbye tiktok hello tiger king yes what are your thoughts on tiktok by the way oh well (laughs) i don't have tiktok i don't I think some of the videos are really funny and, um, like, super cute. Like, there's definitely people who can be really cute and adorable and, like, little kids or, like, couples dancing or things like that. But um, it's just – it feels like such a distraction. It feels like such a distraction from life, which, I mean, makes sense as to why people are going to it right now, right? Because mm-hmm. – there's just nothing else to do. But I don't know. It also feels really fishy to me. Like something about TikTok just feels like, I don't know, man, there's some dark forces behind that in some ways. And I don't, I don't know what it is, but I'm not about it. (laughs) You know, it kind of reminds, well, I don't know if you were like on Vine. Do you remember Vine? Yeah, I was on Vine for like a minute. I was like, at the very end, I jumped on the Vine train and then Vine died. And I was like, oh, okay. I feel like that's going to be TikTok. Yeah, I feel for like sure. that's going to be, and, and I think also, I mean, I think some people are going to, the people that are really successful on it right now, they have to find ways to diversify and like get on transitioning onto like either YouTube or Instagram. Um, 
do I, and I, I like, I, people are like really unhappy with the fact that I don't like TikTok. Like I'm, fun of I it. love that you don't like TikTok. <laughs> I think it's so refreshing that you're like, TikTok eye rolls all day. I think it's so refreshing. <laughs> I mean, I just, I can't, I'm like you, if you're like over the age of like 20. <laughs> yeah. 21, 21. Okay. And mm-hmm. like you're on there dancing. You can either be, you either have to be under the age of 21 or over the age of 75, 80. Yeah. If you're over 80, <laughs> like the dances are cute and it's funny and it's interesting. Right. But anyone in between them, I'm like, you are a grown ass adult. Yeah. You, yeah, exactly. That's, that's part of the reason that I'm just like, uh, I don't like it. I'm not vibing with it is like, we could be creating so much more meaningful things in the world during this time, which there's a little bit of hypocrisy there because I believe that, but I also just talked about Tiger King for an hour, but you know, I'm a little passionate about Tiger King at the moment. Um, <laughs> But I think the thing with with Tiger King is there is a psychological aspect to it. And like you're seeing, you're looking at human behavior and you're seeing like the absolute like montage of human behavior Mm -hmm. (laughs) in Tiger King. But on TikTok, like you're seeing people dancing. And, And I thought for a minute, like when I first got on it, I'm not on it, but like I, when I started like watching some TikToks, I was like, yeah like satire and so, like they're joke like this is just like funny you're supposed to be funny and then I realized like oh these people aren't kidding like they no. actually think that these dances are supposed to be entertaining and I'm yes. like if this is the new bar for entertainment <laughs> no I hate it sunken so far so far we've <laughs> sunk in so far yeah I agree with you I fully agree and like the thing about Vine was that everybody was being original and being themselves and being authentic and being like so quirky and fun and funny. And sometimes they weren't funny, but it was okay because like it was their own idea. TikTok is just like a whole bunch of copycats copying each other in like yeah. a big circle jerk. <laughs> like, yeah. And the, and the thing is, is it's like funny with like people will be like, is this how you TikTok? Like, oh, like they make a joke that they like when they do their first yeah. like dancing TikTok that it's like just a thing. I'm like, you've already fallen. <laughs> it mm-hmm. starts with the one and then you're just going to keep doing more and more and more. And that's why now we have 35 year old grown men on there doing magic mic dances. Like, <laughs> yeah, not okay. And then you have the like 12 or 13 year old boy doing them. Like, that's why I'm like, I feel so comfy. I feel, I I shouldn't be watching these like children dancing this. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I'm like, there's, there's something dark happening here. There's some underlying dark thing. Um, I haven't done the research on it, but there's definitely some pedophilia thoughts and beliefs about how TikTok is making that whole situation worse um to the point of like empowering those types of people to be shady and connect with young girls and young boys and things like that um I haven't done my own research on that yet but there's definitely like some some layers there where I'm like uh internet this doesn't feel right (laughs) we need to 
check in on this. I'm so glad. I mean, I was like saying, I mean, pedophilia is not a joking matter, but like, I was no. like, oh, just kind of like, huh, like this is uncomfortable because you yeah. just don't know how to react. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that there has But also to- like, that's our intuition. Like something's yeah. wrong. Yeah. I mean, and well, TikTok used to be called Musical.ly. It did. And yes. then they changed the name to TikTok. And yes. now I'm like, uh, like, I think a different company owns it. Like the whole thing just is so weird. And I think what yeah. makes it, what's making it go viral is the fact that you can share it on so many different platforms. Because even when, yeah. though I don't have a TikTok account, I'm seeing- you Watch a, it on Instagram. I'm like, oh my God, I can't yeah. escape them. Yeah. And like yeah, you were saying, there there are some good TikTok accounts out there that like they're actual people talking, like sharing recipes. Like it's basically like you know a, I don't even know how long a TikTok can be, but they're just these short, <laughs> like you know smaller macro piece or micro pieces of content. Yeah. Um. But I would say like a majority of the TikToks I have seen, I'm like, who are these girls dancing with like they're in their bikinis and it's just right. they're like 15 and I'm like oh my gosh like it's not yeah. you know these poor girls are being sexualized and they don't even know it and that yeah like, to me, that bothers me yep yep <laughs> and I'm and, like where are your parents like, exactly exactly and I think too like oh man I can't imagine being a parent right now with the way the internet is happening. Like, oh my goodness. No, we really need a lock it down. <laughs> like, if I have kids, I'm like, you're not getting a phone until you're 22. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> like, sometimes I don't even want my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I'm like, no, it's okay. You can take it, mom, dad. <laughs> yeah, put it in a lockbox. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. Oh my God. Yeah, TikTok is not a good representation of the internet or humankind right now. Um, but you, you know, there you're right. There are good people who are putting out good content and trying to like cheer people up, and I believe that that's valuable and that's worth something. But I don't know if it's worth something at the expense of like all of the other really scary things that come with it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I think um, we, I think everyone, and I think this, you know, being in quarantine and having this whole virus situation occur, like, Mm -hmm. I do think the, one of the bigger things that's going to come out of it is like, we realize that we have to take care of each other and watch out for each other. And so hopefully by that, like, you were able to protect, you know, children and young boys and girls and just each Mm -hmm. other in general of like this type of content like it makes me feel uncomfortable and like probably shouldn't be on the internet um yeah and so hopefully that kind of you know will make these I'm not saying you know TikTok should go down I'm I'm really like I'm not so against it I just I think it's like really sad when I see grown adults like doing dancing (laughs) yeah I I mean we just need more mind Yeah, we just need more mindfulness in all areas of our lives. Self-awareness, please. Self-awareness, pretty please. We should all take this time to find a therapist or a mentor of some kind. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think this slowing down is going to be really valuable. Um, 
And I think it's going to bring up a lot of mess with it before we can, you know, have the clarity that we, I know we're going to have a newfound clarity through this for sure. It's just about like all the layers coming up and then realizing, okay, yeah, some of TikTok is really not worth our time. Let's like crack down on some rules or some guidelines or some, you know, smart practices so that children aren't being um, attacked in any way and not even knowing it potentially. And yeah, I mean, the earth is healing. We're all in our houses complaining, but the earth is healing. And I, I don't know. I feel like we're, we're in a time where things get to be rebirthed. I agree. I think we're, I'm, I'm, I, I think the, the news isn't going to be good like as not like the actual news like Fox and CNN like that's never good but like I think in general like in general I think the news with the virus isn't going to be getting any better anytime soon like it's not going to be good news like the numbers are only going to get higher that's just the reality of the situation Mm -hmm. like logically looking at it we're not in good shape but I do think once we get over that, I think that's when we're going to really begin to see a lot of that clarity. And I think we'll, we'll hopefully kind of recalibrate ourselves. And I hope that's yeah. what people are doing right now, whether that is you want to work on your business or you just want to watch Netflix. because That's all you can do. Yeah. Um, like doing whatever. I think I hope people are learning to do whatever feels good for them. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully that's not doing TikTok dances. <laughs> Anything, but when I say that, I'm, there's like an asterisk, like no TikTok dances. Yes. <laughs> Do whatever feels good to you. Really lean into that. Just not the TikTok dances. No, Don't lean into those. No, no talking and no coronas. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I'm so glad that we um, got to chat today. Thank you so much oh God, for being too. my first guest of 2020. (laughs) Thank you for letting me in on this amazing Tiger King recap. And where can people find you on the internet before I forget? I'll link it down (sighs) below, but. Yeah. Instagram. Instagram is where I'm at. That's where I connect with everybody. I don't really do Facebook or Twitter at all. Um, definitely am not on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) You can find us on TikTok at (laughs) Oh my god, no. Um, but yeah, just find me on Instagram, send me a message, definitely send me Tiger King memes. That that's my love language now. Like that's just that's how it is. Um, but yeah, thank you, Brie, for having me on and letting me share this space with you and laugh about life and all of its quirks right now. You're so welcome. <laughs> <laughs>